You're not alone when it comes to trying new shiny diets, each one promising to make you feel incredible until you realize it's making you feel hungry and deprived and damaging your confidence a little more than the last diet you tried. Hello and thank you so much for tuning in to the Anti-Diet Podcast Show, a podcast on a mission to help you break free from yo-yo dieting and equip you with evidence-based advice so you can feel more confidence in yourself without ever feeling deprived. I'm Farah Karamburi, a deep health practitioner practitioner, an author, a keynote speaker, and the founder of the 30-Day Anti-Diet Challenge. Each episode is created to help you take one step forward in your weight loss journey without being on a diet. Each day, I will bring you a wealth of knowledge about how you can lose weight without being on a diet. And each week, I'm going to be joined by a guest or a client that's going to give us the insights and the expert advice in the world of well-being. So together, we can learn from real-life trial and triumphs. Hello and welcome to the Anti-Diet Insights with Farah Karamburi. I'm your host, Deep Health Practitioner, keynote speaker, podcaster, and a, a founder of 30 Day Anti-Diet Challenge. Welcome to today's podcast and today's live. Today I wanted to talk to you about something that inspired, was inspired by one of my clients, a, a message that she sent me. She's uh, recently finished a 30 Day Anti-Diet Challenge, our, our last one of the year. And she sent me this message that really resonated. And I thought, what a massive progress this person's actually made. So I kind of have got my phone here. I actually want to read it out to you directly from what she's saying. And then we're going to expand on that a little bit. So she sent me a before and after photo. And hence the, the title of this podcast is Before and After Photo. Um, she said, I had a, I think I said, hope you really uh, enjoyed the the challenge and that you found some golden nuggets and then she said I definitely have found some golden nuggets in it I've been working through the challenge um she says um I, w- I want to say that um this challenge has been a massive help for me um also uh, it's been a massive game changer for me I know I'm not perfect but I just keep going uh, I just keep going now instead of being all or nothing that I used to be and we've talked about this, guys, haven't we? There's a dedicated podcast to this exact topic where so many women do all or nothing. So I'm either in it or I'm out. This is who I am. This is who I get. I either dedicate myself to it or I'm not going to do anything. And that is not a winning solution. Like, you know, we've discussed that in, in massive detail because health isn't about all or nothing. Health is about what can you do, not about all or nothing. But this lady here, for a, she's 40 plus, and she said she has... Most of her life done all or nothing, but from being on the challenge, she's decided that actually I'm not going to be this person who does all or nothing because it hasn't served her, right? So just a fresh start the next day if I have a, a difficult day. If she's had a challenging day, she just starts the next day rather than waiting till Monday where most people say diet starts on Monday. She's saying rather than waiting for Monday, she's put that on brackets, uh, which I have been doing for years. And then she's posted me her before and after. And she said, I took this photo last Friday. I will be looking at scale less next year. I will be looking at scales next year less than I have been this year. Because when I see results like this, which is in her before and after photos and a very visible abs showing in here, um, and if the scales haven't made a difference, it actually doesn't matter because the photos are like a mile apart, to be honest. 
So she's saying that I'm going to be see looking at scales uh, less next year because this is moti motivating me enough and I want to continue to build uh, my success in this way. And the scales can change massively for her, right? Depending on the day, time, month. So I never really know where I am. So if you've learned one single thing from that challenge, I know that learning that one small thing from doing the challenge is going to make a huge difference to, to anyone. Because if you have been a scale of slaves for years and you can't live without them, then taking a photo helps. So this is the topic for today. So losing weight can make you healthier. Oh, what's this doing here? Uh, to some extent, I guess that's accurate. For example, in people with higher BMIs, um, a little bit of weight loss, 5 to 10% body weight has shown to reduce things like depression perhaps, or even cardiovascular disease uh, risks and improve mobility. Perhaps they are more happier within themselves. And even some of the biomarkers like polycystic ovary syndrome will be dropped. Okay, that's good news since it means a... That, that's good news. It means that you don't necessarily need dramatic transformation to get health benefits. And I think this is where people come really unstuck. People want to see a huge transformation. You know, the before and um, some of the before and after photos that you get to see you know, on Instagram or some of the personal trainers are posting out those photos or even uh, the clients themselves. You, some people think, well, I need to get to that to start feeling the health benefit. That is not true. So the good news is dramatic transformation isn't required. Even losing a few pounds is going to give you some of those uh, meaningful health benefits from a weight loss program. The bad news is, the bad news is people don't believe it. Okay, most people probably won't believe that according to this research that was done in Sydney, Australia. What they actually did in this study, it was a psychology study actually. The researchers asked 600 people to look at the before and after weight loss photo. And each participant was shown the before photo of a woman categorized as obese by the scientist. However, they didn't see all the same they didn't see all the same photo after photo. They didn't see the same after photo. Some were given. So the original photo before showing no weight loss, right? A photo showing moderate weight loss and then a photo showing major weight loss. Then the researchers asked the participants to estimate the women's overall health. What did the study found? Okay, this study was done on 600 people in Australia. The study found the participant rated the woman who had the major transformation as significantly healthy than the woman who was in the same, the same woman in the other two photos. So they said, well, she's lost the most weight. She is the most healthiest. But the woman who achieved moderate weight loss, believe it or not, this is what you don't know, guys. This is where you are all or nothing. This is where you're like, unless I use lose 30, 40, 50 pounds is not going to make a difference to me. And don't, that's why you don't start because the, the mountain is so high to climb, okay? But the women who achieved moderate weight loss, she wasn't rated any healthier than the women who didn't change. Based on this, the researchers speculate most people expect, people may expect and desire major weight loss because they believe it's necessary to improve health. Yet they say, statistically speaking, major weight loss isn't likely to happen. It's not likely to happen, is it? According to these scientists, the annual probability of women categorized as obese losing enough weight to achieve a normal BMI is only 1 in 124. That's how small the chances are. That's how much people are not moving and not eating healthy. However, the annual probability of the same woman losing a modest amount of weight, guess what? It's 1 in 10. So going for 
major transformation versus a modest transformation is more likely it's going to give you more health benefits because you're going to reach that number quicker than you're going to reach that number one in 124. Okay, the chances are one in 10 a lot more than chances of one in 124. So as a result, the researchers emphasize that the need to help for, um, people help better understand the benefits of making small progressive uh, achievement each day. And uh, at the end of every email that I send to my clients, at the end of any podcast I normally do I always talk about this it's about making small changes that gather up to a big result okay I might make this into a saying because it literally keeps coming up over and over again it's it's really important to not look at a massive all-out perfection this is what um, my client that finished her challenge this is what she said today she's not she's gonna stop doing that because immediately when she changed her state of state of mind to tell herself that I'm going to look at making small changes and if I've had a bad day I'm not a write-off I'm not a loser. I'm not a, uh, a person who needs all this self-sabotaging that I'm doing. I'm actually just, just going to start the next day. I'm just going to start. I might just, okay, if I can't do my five days of gym, I'll do three days of gym. If I can't drink two liters of water, I'll drink one liter of water. And I'll progress progressively get better and better. If you concentrate on those things which are achievable, you will get a big result. But don't put a time frame necessarily. Uh, some people like that and it's good to set goals. I'm um, absolutely, this is what we are here to do. We're setting goals. But when you're going through a health journey, it's a journey, not destination. When you're setting a goal to me, that's a destination. You, if you say to yourself, I want to be this particular stone by the end of this, this is putting a lot of pressure. If you then said to me, between now and then, I want to be able to do three walks, two gym sessions, a glass of water daily. Is that more achievable? Of course it is. But people don't think like that. People always think, let's go into this weight loss program and let's drop loads of kilo dramatically. And when I finish with that weight loss program, guess what? I'm going to put it back on because I don't know how to live outside the, the weight loss plan. I don't know how to behave. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slip and I'm going to lose it. When really what, you've what you haven't done is you've just concentrated on bringing down your calorie intake, but you haven't changed your habits. You haven't looked at the, you haven't done the deep work. You haven't done the deep work because you're too scared to, to face what's actually going on with you. So you continue to carry on what you're doing, but just pay for this weight loss plan, right? But don't do it. Oh, you do it because you're just following a, a nutrition plan where the calories are restricted. So you're miserable, you're hungry, and you're tired because you're probably also working out massive amounts. What my question to you is, what have you learned at the end of three months, six months, a year program that you were on? Have you learned something that you can take with you in the years to come? If you haven't learned anything, if you haven't changed your habits enough, then you, what is the point of doing that program? You're just putting your body through a lot of stress, but you haven't learned anything. You haven't made changes that are substantial, that will come with you wherever you go, that they won't just go out the window when you, you have a stressful moment appear in front of you, that you have got, that you have changed habits, like brushing your teeth morning and evening comes naturally to you. Have you developed habits that are as good, as simple as those? And that's the question. And that's, there's a, there's a more chance of, um, that woman, uh, the modest amount of weight loss, you're going to keep that going longer versus a massive transformation that you might go into. Uh, and they were a great answer. We, we look at the bit before and now we're like, wow, look at this person. Wow. And we really admire that. But if, if that person hasn't learned anything either, they will, by the time next year comes around, they will look different. 
It's as simple as that. So most people don't want to be called fat, right? <laughs> For many, it's a well-established insult. But Yale University research were curious. What about the weight-related words a doctor might use? How about, what do people feel about those? The scientists directed barbaric surgery, <laughs> bariatric surgery, patients to imagine meeting with a healthcare provider who would tell them that they were 50 pounds overweight. Then they asked the patients to indicate the desirability of 11 weight terms if they're used by the provider. <laughs> the findings, with the exception of weight and BMI, the patients pretty much hated all of them. Who likes to be called any of those words? So they were happy to be called, they were happy to use the word weight and BMI. The rest of them really scored very, very low. Things like fatness, large size. These are the words that stay with people, by the way. Many of my clients have told me I was... I was called large. In fact, I was talking to yesterday to a, a prospective client and she said, you know, I've always been called big. I've always been called large. And this is with by family, by the way. This starts at home. This isn't everybody externally that we, be we, be we believe uh, or blame. This is people, unfortunately, parents normally saying this to their kids, you know. You know, you're getting a bit of fat or you're thin and those things stick to you. And now I'm seeing these clients in their 40s and 50s who would totally believe that they are fat. So they're never going to be slim because they believe that so deeply. And that's, uh, that's what we go through. Those are the challenges and the beliefs that we break through and break them down in my programs. Uh, other things like excess fat, heaviness, obesity, weight problem, unhealthy BMI, excess weight, unhealthy body weight. So all of those, the number one was very undesirable was the fatness. Gosh, I don't think I've heard anybody in the UK use that. So how is this survey helpful? It might make you more aware. You won't always use the right term. You can't always predict how a word would make you feel. But your intentions matter. Making the effort to be thoughtful and empathetic with your language goes a long way. Okay, so if you in the past have called someone fat or fatness or heavy, and this is, you know, if you have, then you really need to think about how this person is feeling after you've called this, even if you've, you've thought about it in your head. So making the effort to be more thoughtful and empathetic with your language goes a long way in building that better relationship with whoever you're calling this thing to. So next time you see a person who is uh, a little unhealthier or has a higher BMI, think about what words are coming out of your mouth. I've seen people um, very openly use this word. And it's an insult, as you can see from a survey that was done. So, before and after, before and after can sometimes leave you feeling troublesome is the topic for today's podcast. And think, rather than thinking about major transformation, think about moderate changes, moderate changes that will improve your health. So if you've heard the person who's had the major transformation is the healthiest, that is a myth, that is not correct. The woman in this particular, with 600 people were done, okay, 600, that's pretty, uh, a lot of people. People who lost moderate amount of weight also showed significant amount of biomarkers. The health had improved in those areas in particular. So don't think about sitting there and saying, I have five stones to lose, so what is the point? Let me just give up now. No, no, you start with half a stone. Okay, after you've lost half a stone, I promise you, you're going to feel better. I promise you that when you go up the stairs, you are not going to be out of breath as much as you were with the extra half a stone. Fact. 
okay? You're going to feel better within yourself. You're gonna feel more confidence. What happens when you feel more confident? You will have that, uh, the outlook on your, on, on your world, on your life is gonna be different because you have that confidence. And that's from half a stone. So what happened to your five stones now? That's the question you need to ask yourself. Okay, you can only keep getting better, but you don't stop. You then go into the maintenance, the maintenance. But only looking at five stone versus half a stone is going to make you think, what is the point? Diet starts Monday. I might as well binge today. Just binge today because I want to get into this size, that size, that weight, this weight. If you're starting a weight loss journey, get rid of your scales for starters. Just throw them out in the bin because you keep stick stepping on them and there's nothing is happening on it right two pounds over two pounds down if you have no control over it put them put them away okay I, I have nothing against people weighing themselves but when it becomes an obsession it's having a negative impact on your mindset take a photo of you in a bra and pants get your partner to do it put your swimming costume on if you're embarrassed and get your mother or your friend or whoever take that photo or do a selfie quick you know where you put the timer on uh, and do the side profile and straight profile and then you start your, your, your journey where you will just decrease one thing in that day. One thing for that week. You may say to yourself, I'm going even not decrease. It could be that you increase your vegetable, vegetable portions. Let's, let's get nutrients into your body. Start thinking with a different mindset versus uh, deprivation versus I am not going to be allowed to eat anything now. When you do this zero uh, all or nothing, you give up easily because we are humans and we have developed habits of eating sugar and junk food and when we give it up completely we really struggle to stay on track okay that could be your goal to kind of reduce it use the word reduce what words are you using what words are you using is it all about i'm gonna give up i'm going to start diet on monday that's coming out of your mouth you're going to be saying this for the next 30 years that's my promise to you because you've done it for the past 30 years. So I have a pretty good guess that this is what you are going to be for the next 30 years. What you want to do is to change your language and to change your, uh, change what you do something different to what you've done in the past. That didn't work, obviously. And looking for a miracle pills. I, had, I spoke to a client yesterday who's taken everything, by the way. Pills, every diet under the sun. And she is in, in the worst situation that she's ever been, mentally and physically. She has done everything everything minus the uh, stapling of the stomach what's it called the the the, the uh, i'm trying to think about the exact word you know what i mean the surgery where you reduce your stomach apart from that she has done everything none of the things worked why because she went on a diet right and she's not in a good place it's not in a good place this this isn't about changing just changing your diet. This is about changing your mindset. This is about being kind to yourself and acknowledging what happened in the past. The trauma from the past is affecting your weight right now, today. You don't want to acknowledge it? Continue to live your life that way. However bad the trauma is of your past, it needs to be looked at. It needs to be dealt with. It needs to be talked about so that you can start to move forward. You can forgive the child hold trauma it might be childhood it might be in your uh, in your 20s or 30s whatever it is there's definitely something there there's some develop there's some beliefs that have been set there and then that you are harboring them and they're not serving you anymore and you're getting frustrated because you want a result now you find yourself in perimenopausal now your body is against you too right so you've got this past trauma you, you've got this metabolism that's not 
you know, your, your ability to burn calories slowed down massively because your estrogen levels have dropped in your body. Now you're kind of feeling a bit stuck. Now another diet isn't going to work for you, okay? Another diet is not going to work for you. You need to understand how to eat, what your portion sizes are, what is happening with your sleep, what's happening with your stress levels, how much stress are you taking, and what are your methods to, uh, to combat the stress? Do you just, just go into one stressful day to the next? Or there is a method in there where you um, de-stress daily. Food for the mind. So think about going into next year. How do you want to live your life for the rest of your life? Not just for January. Don't be, those, don't be the, that person who's going to join the gym on the 1st or 2nd of January and give it up because you joined with a friend and they have let you down or whatever your reasons were. Or you actually hate the gym, but you've still gone to the gym. Why are you going to the gym when you hate the gym? Because you don't know what else to do. Well, this is where you need to ask. Ask people for recommendation. What can you do? You go and try some different things that you can stick to. The question you want to keep asking whenever you're presented with a diet, a miracle solution, is can I take this Cambridge shake for the rest of my life? Answer me that. Can you take two shakes and eat one meal for the rest of your life? There is probably one person going to come forward and say that to me. Well, you can live that kind of miserable life for the rest of us. We do not want to live on two shakes and one meal. That is not the way to live, okay? That's not the way to live. And you know it. Okay, what my client that I was talking to yesterday. Hey, everybody. This is Far again. I wanted to invite you to the best thing I've ever created inside the Deep Health community. It's a challenge and we call it the 30-day anti-diet challenge. Every professional woman is one challenge away from achieving the life where she can gain control over her health and her weight loss. I've created this challenge to help you lose up to 10 pounds in weight no matter where you are in your weight loss journey. This challenge is going to help you to understand why the diets you've tried in the past that haven't worked and why eating this way can revolutionize the the way you look at food and transform your body and create that ultimate success. I recommend highly you do this right now. Stop this video, pause it, go online and press the 30dayantidietchallenge.com and join the next challenge. The next challenge starts in few days.